Thank you so much for joining the Dr. Whisperer podcast show. I am your host, Sharon Feckety, and you are here to listen to others talk about the business of medicine. Don't forget to subscribe, share it with somebody else that is in the business of medicine so we can all learn together. Thank you for being here and enjoy the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I just stole that from Dak Shepard. Dak Shepard does that in his podcast, and I love his podcast, Armchair Experts. He goes, welcome, welcome, welcome. I am your host. And then he makes up a name, so I'm going to make up a name. Engelbert Humperdinck. And I'm here today with... Jefferson McNabb. There we go. Welcome to the show, (laughs) Jefferson. How do you do? I love it. I love that you jump right into that. So um, I am Sharon boring old Dr. Whispering Sharon, but I am here with Ethan and Kana, who is not uh, not the first time on my show, don't usually have a lot of repeat guests unless I think they're ballers and amazing and down to earth and fun, all the things that I love. But Ethan is, um, think about Jerry Maguire for doctors, you know, that's how we like to associate what you do for a living. He is the uh, founder of Rocky Mountain Physician Agency. It's like sports management agency, but for doctors. Right, Ethan? Spot on. Spot Spot on. on. And thankfully, Ethan, thankfully I say, but at the time it wasn't so thankful for him. He got to a place, he had a bad, bad thing go down while he was working in a hospital, 10 plus years in hospital leadership, understands everything about contract negotiation, HR, hospital executives, leadership, mom's a doc, all the things, and then really does what I like to do for a living. And that is be a bodyguard for doctors and push to get them what they want. We're going to have a podcast and we're going to call it the bodyguards. I know we've talked about this casually, but I think it needs to become a thing. We are bodyguards. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Like we really... If anything that I know about me and about Ethan is that we really, really love doctors. Like, you know, I am like this truth slayer and I, I say harsh things. Sometimes that New Yorker comes out in me, but it's only because I really care about them. And I know Ethan really cares. And when you come from like you, you were birthed by a doctor. So like you you love them. So knowing that you don't have a choice, Sharon, (laughs) Well, you do. I mean, you don't have a choice, but you love them because they're like amazing people doing amazing things. Well, before we get started, why don't, you know, I really encourage everybody to go back and listen to our, our last episode. We, we dive in a lot, but I know that you had a case study recently um, with one of the docs that you want to talk about, and I want to hear about it too. So let's let the audience know more about what you do and, and how you help this one position of many. Yeah, I am obviously stoked to be here because how many times have we done this? Like three or four times now? At least. Um, Yeah. So I'm just, I'm stoked to be here with you. And I just have so much admiration for the position that you're in and that I'm fortunate to be in as well, being able to be that advocate and bodyguard for doctors. Uh, The the setup was perfect. Uh, The Jerry McGuire for doctors what we do is help doctors renegotiate their contracts, 
or negotiate their contract for the first time for maximum value to doctors. And the way we do that is by leaning on all of that experience you just talked about, where I spent a decade and a half working in hospitals, and now I use every strategy and secret I learned from that side to advocate for doctors and contract negotiations. I often get asked by doctors, and Sharon, this probably comes up in your work as well, where doctors always say, well, I can't get a raise with my current employer because of X, my non-compete, my coworkers, you name it. And I always encourage doctors to understand that you can get a pay raise with your current employer. The secret to it, though, is that you must get a competing offer, mm-hmm. even if you want to stay. So for the doctors who I get to work with, the very first question I ask them when they talk about wanting to renegotiate their contract is, if your employer says no to a very modest contract increase, what will you do? If your answer is, well, Ethan, I'll just stick it out and suck it up, I'm not for you. I'll happily refer you to an attorney. But if you say, like like the doctor I'm getting ready to tell you about, If you say, Ethan, if they're not willing to pay me what I'm worth, then I'm going to go somewhere that is. That's that's the type of doctor that we work with. Mm -hmm. We often get asked, like, is it specialty specific experience level? I don't care about any of that. What we care about is the doctor's mindset. And how does does that resonate with your work at all, where it's like the doctors out there have to have the right mindset to get the value working with you? Yeah, like I my famous line, a lot of people say oh my God, Sharon, you have to help this doctor. And I go, oh no, 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 please don't tell them about me. The only physicians that I want to work with are the ones that know that they need help. Because I'm like a therapist. You have to want to do, you have to want better for yourself and you have to be the biggest player in this. So yes, that totally resonates with me. Yeah, and I think the thing that is new to me that I don't, I didn't have an appreciation for when I started the business is RMPA is not for everybody. Hmm. There are certain doctors who, you know, we, we often break our clients or prospects out into kind of three buckets. We have the DIYers, the do-it-yourselfers, the collaborators and the delegators. (laughs) We, We work best with the delegators because they say, Ethan, we just want this outcome. Can you go do that for us? Absolutely happy to help. The collaborators is much more of a partnership, and that's awesome as well. The only doctors that we just generally don't work with, no matter how valuable the deal could be, is the DIYers. Because like you said, Sharon, they don't think they need us. And that's just not a good fit. So if you were to think about a simple analogy, I went to see my personal trainer this morning. I had to get up early, but when I got to my session, I knew that he was going to guide me down the path towards the goals that I, that we've set together. I'm not an expert in personal fitness and I'm definitely not an, an expert in accountability, but this person is, and, and I trust that he's going to lead me towards the goals we've established. Yeah. The same thing happens with our doctors, right? Like you have to trust that we've established goals and we're going to help guide you towards that path, but we both have to be invested. It, I can't be your trainer barking at you and you're not doing the exercises and you have to show up to your sessions, right? So yeah. there's a partnership that I think comes when we work with doctors. Now I'll get to the story. Yeah. So doctor, we'll call her Dr. Smith for the sake of the story. 
she reached out to me earlier this year, or actually it was last year, and said, Ethan, I want to get a salary raise with my current employer. I've been out of training for about five years. She's a family medicine doctor practicing an outpatient. And she was making a reasonable salary. It wasn't like she was vastly underpaid relative to the market, but she knew relative to the work that she was doing, how productive she was and where she was in the country, she should have been paid much more than what she was. Mm. So we sat down and the very first thing I said is, well, what will you do if your employer says no? She said, well, then I will go somewhere where they value what I bring to the table. I said, amazing. That's the perfect situation for us. So the first thing that we do in, in every negotiation with a doctor is we go get you offers. I am not going to waste your employer's time or much more importantly, my time by talking to your employer about a salary raise without leverage. Mm -hmm. So for the doctors who are listening, whether or not you work with me, if you want any chance of being successful and getting a salary raise, renegotiating your contract or schedule, you must have a competing offer, even if you plan to stay. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds a little bit counterintuitive, but trust me, this is the exact playbook that we use for doctors. So next, we sat down with Dr. Smith's employer. We said, we believe that Dr. Smith has been a loyal, faithful employee for five years, super valuable to the organization, and she should be paid a modest amount more than what she is. Spoiler, the employer said, not interested in paying her anymore, hmm. which is exclusively what I hear. I've never walked into a CEO's office and had them say yes at the first ask, which is why we get the offer first. Right. So my response is, great, I understand your position. Just so you know, Dr. Smith has an offer. In this case, we had an offer for $70,000 a year more, just guaranteed. That's no bonuses, no incentives. And eventually mm. the employer said, well, we wish you the best. And now this doctor is the number one doctor at a federally qualified health clinic in, uh, in the state of Ohio. And she's getting paid $70,000 guaranteed a year more to do that. Yay. So she, yeah, she is the prototype of a doctor who says, I deserve better. And now she wants to go get it. Yes, you have to. Yes to so many things of that. But, you know, you have to. Isn't it amazing how I find it amazing? Somebody that's done a lot of recruiting through the years, uh, recruiting doctors, recruiting um, I was going to say mid-level, but it's not mid-level practitioner. Advanced practice practitioner. That is correct. So yes, excuse my hesitation. Yeah, don't don't like don't trust me on that though. I I think I call them mid-levels at least three times a week still. So yeah, yeah we're getting used to the new language, right? Advanced yeah. level practitioners. You know, and I'm always surprised at when it comes to that place where I always say when I'm recruiting. Okay, what are you looking for? That is it. That is my question. Okay. And then I watch them get uncomfortable. I start the physical, you know, well, uh, I don't want to undersell myself. I don't want to, uh, and I'm like, wow. Like, you don't know what you're worth. You don't know what you're worth. Okay. So I'm going to take that number now that you've given me that is like 30,000 less than they were willing to pay you. Guess who's looking like the rock star? Me, yes. not you. Yeah. So like people need to do their due diligence and understand their worth in, 
in, in all aspects of business, right? I mean, when I sell a service uh, with the Dr. Whisperer, with sponsorship for podcasts, I know what other people are charging. I'm going to, you know, do my due diligence. So I think that that's great. They do have to have that, that confidence and willingness to leave because really you, it does start with mindset. Like you have to know what you're worth. Correct. And it's not as simple. I've learned through working with doctors, it's not as simple as showing them the numbers. Hey, you should. And and here's a really, really stark example. So I live in, in Denver, Colorado, and I've worked with just in this state alone, probably 15 employed OBGYNs, which means that I've worked with every employer of OBGYNs here in the state. And I know there are, there's a group of doctors that are being paid about $100,000 less than the market. Mm. And I thought that was just presenting that data would have been a slam dunk. But the reality of it is, and I learned this from an executive colleague of mine uh, a few months back is when it comes to doctors, inertia rules the day. And what that means is if they don't have to make a change, they won't. And so that's why I I focus so exclusively on the collaborators and the delegators, because if you leave it to the DIYers, they'll never make a change, right? And ultimately, I think you and I are in the business of helping the doctors who want to be helped. Yes. And fortunate for us, there's over 900,000 doctors in America, and we don't need all of them to make a really good living. We only need those who are willing to advocate for themselves and doing so by reaching out to us for support. Absolutely. You know, it made me think about a physician who was negotiating without me about um, a, a piece of real estate. And the first thing I thought, well, that was silly that you're doing it and not asking me <laughs> because, you know, there's a lot of value in just not saying anything too. you know, the negotiation is, is an art you know, and I'm, I've happily taught this art to people that I care about. And most of them are doctors, you know, just that like ability to, uh, as my favorite malpractice attorney once taught me ATFQ. Answer the fucking question. people. Mm. Okay. That's it. I asked one question. I don't want a story too much information that I can either sync you with so we you have to we have to teach our doctors more of of that negotiation and how to to stand up for ourselves and all the good things that we're doing to help them right now so we were talking before one of the specific reasons that i wanted to have you back on the show was you know i have this great new uh sponsor for the show called sra 831 um and admin and and they really help doctors in the financial realm so many physicians um, don't understand how powerful it is to have a team of experts around them. And understandably so, there's trust issues. You hear reading the paper all the time about embezzlement and you know, having somebody that you knew for 30 years, you know, steal six hundred and fifty thousand dollars from your account. Not great. So so people, there's a there's a trust issue a lot of times mm-hmm. in, in the medical industry. But having professionals around you and and how important that is, um, 
to me, especially when it comes to finances, when it comes to negotiating salaries, like if, if a doctor, if I knew of a doctor in residency today that was thinking about joining a practice, I would immediately say, I need you to talk to Ethan first. Yeah. Like immediately, yes. Yeah. <laughs> because I already know that you're going to help them get what they deserve and then to have somebody to help you through that negotiation. So what do you, what do you say about the the idea of of hiring experts and bringing on people that understand and care about doctors i put my money where my mouth is sharon i in my first year of the business i hired a business coach when i had thirteen dollars thirteen hundred dollars in the bank mm -hmm. so it wasn't as though i was swimming in it at the time and i hired a business coach because of exactly what you just said I've never started a business before. I'm not an expert in any of what I'm doing. And if there's blind spots, I want someone to point those out for me so I can try to navigate them. Mm -hmm. And I am, you know, again, a huge proponent of hiring people who add value. And as a small business owner, I don't have a ton of resources to throw around. So the things that I've spent money on in my business, especially the services, I have a deep belief in the value they bring to my business. So just a few, a few of them. And my mom, who's a physician, she and I were chatting last week and she's like, Ethan, you have a person for everything. <laughs> and the reality of that is, is because I'm not an expert at everything. Mm -hmm. So I have a personal trainer. I have a therapist. I have a business coach. I have an accountant, a financial advisor, we're going to be a financial planner tomorrow. So for the doctors that I get to serve, while my work with them is very narrow, I appreciate that their work and lives are so much more broad. So I send them resources for a lot of other things that they might need in their lives. Financial advisor, realtor, uh, personal trainer, if you want to get in shape. All of these things that doctors need that are so far outside of my skill set I say, here, I know I can't do this for you, but here's some folks who I trust, who I believe can. You know, every doctor listening or watching knows that your traditional insurance only goes so far. Your malpractice only goes so far. So there's real risks that can actually keep you up at night. You know that. I know that. I've watched you stressed out the next day from all of these insurance issues. Well, SRA 831B admin helps you mitigate these risks and lower your tax liability by putting money into a vehicle that is tax advantage to self-insure risks that fall out of your traditional property and casualty insurance. I would not have them as a sponsor if I did not believe 100% that they can actually help you. So to find out more information, please check out the website that is in the show notes. Contact them today. I promise you won't regret it. So I back that up in my practice with doctors. Anytime we close a deal, I send them what I call post-deal resources and say, here's some folks that when certain things come up in your practice or in your life could be valuable for you to talk to. And I don't have a financial relationship with them, right? So it's not like there's any kickbacks or referrals. It is purely to help support you in the areas of your life that I just don't have a skill set to help you in. So good. You know, I identify with that so much. When I opened my business, I had come from running 
medical practices, large and small. And the first thing that I did was hire a business coach. And I dropped a nice, pretty 10K spot on this guy who um, was in healthcare and was making $54 million a year. Like, I was like, I want that. <laughs> now, I'm nowhere near that. But I will tell you that working with him was one of the greatest things that I had done. It didn't matter that I was running practices and a medical organization with a, a small team in New York before. I had never run one by myself, mm -hmm. but I knew one thing was for sure that I was not going to make the same mistakes that I had witnessed for those 20 years yeah. working in the medical industry before I went out on my own. Because it's painful um, emotionally to witness. It's painful financially to understand all of the hardships and how much money gets lit on fire. And that's how I envision it. You know, just a whole bunch of cash surrounding them. And yeah. with all of these mistakes, instead of setting yourself up right from get, right? Well, let's say that, so I live in Colorado and one of the activities here is mountain climbing, right? So, or, you know, hiking. And we have mountains, uh, number, quite a few mountains here that reach 14,000 feet. And, and those are locally known as 14ers. Mm -hmm. So if I were going to climb a 14er for the first time, I wouldn't wake up tomorrow, put my boots on and go climb a 14er, right? I would go find other people who have climbed 14ers, find out what their experience was. I would probably find an expert at 14ers to go with me if I could, mm -hmm. ideally a friend or maybe someone who does that as a guide. But the reason for that is because we don't want to hit the pitfalls that we could have foreseen, mm -hmm. right? And I think that's part of our role with doctors is, hey, we want to help you identify the pitfalls that other doctors have fallen into before you have to experience that yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. And similar to our own businesses, I want people to point out where are my blind spots? Where are the places that most businesses fail within the first year, two years, five years that I need to be mindful of so that that doesn't happen to me? Right. And so, so I see myself kind of like a, a Sherpa as a guide to help doctors navigate the journey of their contract renegotiation. Because if you try to go it alone, you're probably going to hit some pitfalls that you, you could have foreseen. It's so worth it. It's just, it's just so important. You know, I, I left a, a, a new practice that is coming up here in, in the Tampa Bay area. And um, this practice is going to open in, well, 14 days. Yesterday it was 15 days. And nobody knows that they're going to open. And they come from a different place, which is about 45 minutes away, I would say. And I said, you know, um, I realize that there has been a great following for you in this area that is 45 minutes away. But I promise you, 45 minutes is a lifetime today in 2023, post-pandemic, where people work from home and they really, if they can't like walk there or ride their bikes, they ain't going or there's no telehealth. And I, I was looked at like, I had 10 heads like, oh, no, 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 we have, I'm like, okay. 
And I, sometimes, and that's those the category that you put people in, right? The DIY, which I love, the collaborators, and then the ones that are really just going to get that professional and go, but that that right there is like trust. You You have to be able to trust people. And that's why it's important to develop these relationships. You know, I know when I even put a sponsor on my podcast, I'm not going to put somebody on that I that's just going to pay me. No, they have to be able to give real value to the people that I serve, which happen to be people in the healthcare world. But but you know what we're not talking about though, Sharon? That Say I it, think, Ethan. I think there's probably doctors who are listening who are like, but every time I turn around, somebody's got their hand out. Right. Like someone I was talking with a financial advisor uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I had heard this term for the first time, uh, Henry, a high earner, not rich yet, which describes huh. the overwhelming majority of my clients. Right. They uh-huh. make a ton of money, but so many doctors live paycheck to paycheck because lifestyle creep, because they you know, don't have best financial habits. Mm-hmm. But I have to maybe acknowledge some wariness probably. And I didn't see this so much with my mom. So I'm not necessarily speaking from experience, but I wonder if doctors might be cautious because once they start making a bunch of money, the spam calls start coming in, the spam emails start coming in. So how do they differentiate between someone who truly is a value add, like what you do with doctors versus someone who's going to put their money into the equivalent of a timeshare. Mm, Right. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Uh, And I will liken it to how I used to go into practices and I would hear, I would hear, well, I worked with A, B, C, D, and, and now I'm, I have to take the hit for that. Right. (laughs) So I would say, okay, I want you all to really visualize me with the biggest broom that you've ever seen cleaning up this huge mess that has been created for you that is not my fault but we have to at some point we have to take ownership and not doing our own due diligence and creating which what i think is most important relationships yeah I, i spent two hours with this this group that i mentioned before i'm not getting paid for that i'm not i'm walking out like that's two hours. I want you to get to know who I am. I want you to feel good about me. And I want you to check my references. Do you know, Ethan, in the 10 years that I have been doing this business, I give and offer my doctor's references of a whole bunch of different references and nobody ever calls them. Wow. Wow. So like shame on them. I feel, you know, you, you have to be willing to to do that. You have to be willing to care enough about your business to take all the steps necessary to make sure you're working with the right people. So I'm going to give the listeners a peek behind the curtain here for a second. Yes. Because here's what you're not saying about that, that situation. So you, you approach doctors who have worked with three or four people before you who have had grand promises and failed spectacularly, right? Yes. The easy thing would be to say, hey, this is a pretty bad predicament. Let's fix that, right? But what you're not saying and what I know from working with doctors is you have to be really careful about how you articulate 
how they got in the situation they're in. Yeah. It cannot be perceived in any way as their fault. Right. Right. And so I can appreciate this because I get to work with doctors every day, but it's not as you coming into my business and saying, Ethan, here's 10 things you got to fix. Here's your list to fix them. And I'm going to hold you accountable. Weekly calls that will work with me. That. little technical difficulty if you can continue well i think the the punchline of the long-winded meandering story i was telling is when you work with doctors there is a really fine balance between being an expert in what you do and being a an advisor for a doctor there's a you know we talk often about ego and what role that plays but if you look at where doctors are positioned in society they always have to be experts Mm -hmm. they could be in a restaurant someone's choking is there a doctor in the room you're the expert right and because they're so smart we expect them to be the expert at everything and I think that probably permeates their own views of themselves Mm -hmm. and so it's really I think important to acknowledge that in the story that you were telling about walking in and telling doctors, hey, here's some things that have happened that maybe haven't been helping you. Uh, It's not as simple as saying, hey, you made some bad choices, Mm -hmm. right? You have to walk a really razor thin balance of support, empathy, and challenging them in a Mm -hmm. way to, to push them beyond their comfort zone a little bit. Yeah, well, you know, hence the reason that I speak now at medical conferences and do this podcast show, um, because I'd rather help the masses than one by one like I have done, because, you know, 10 years later in the game, I've never been one to not tell them the truth right away, because I know that that's not helping them. No, you know, when I'm asked uh, what separates you from everybody else in the industry that has their hand out for a doctor to give them money? And I always tell them, like, I am willing to tell them the truth, which means I'm not going to get a lot of business mm-hmm. to your book. That's the truth. Because a lot of people aren't ready to hear it. They're not ready to, to hear that they made some mistakes. And it is a gentle kind of, it's like a dance, you know? <laughs> I feel like I'm dancing every time I go and meet with a new practice. I'm just not willing to do that anymore because I've seen too many actually not just get hurt financially. I've seen them emotionally and mentally burn out and hate what they do. Mm. And who does that ultimately affect Ethan? Mm. The patient. Yeah. So at the end, even though what we do for a living right? Is to help doctors and be a bodyguard for doctors. What we are doing is actually helping the patient. Correct. Because we know that if we have happy doctors getting paid what they deserve and doing good work and feeling good about what they do at the end of the day, then those patients that come in are going to, are going to really benefit. So ultimately, no matter what, even if I'm the doctor whisperer and you are, you know, Jerry Maguire for doctors, 
we're actually the biggest advocate for patients. Yeah. And I, I wrote a note to a hospital on behalf of one of my doctors yesterday with an idea very similar to that, which is for my doctor to be as focused on her work and providing the highest quality care, she can't be worried about being paid 30% less than her colleagues. She can't worry about the six figures of student loan debt that you're not helping her pay down. Right. Right. Hospitals know, I spent a decade and a half in hospitals know happy docs mean happy patients, right? Which is why they track physician satisfaction and patient satisfaction. But one of those is a lead metric and one of those is a lag metric. And the lead is the physicians have to be happy first. Yes. Starts there. So anyone who is helping doctors be happier, more fulfilled, more whole and more at peace is ultimately helping the patient. Man, amen. Because I have seen many, many, many unhappy doctors throughout my career unhappy because they think they're getting screwed. And some of them are. So, well, Ethan, it's always exciting and interesting to have these conversations with you. That's why I ask you to always come back. Um, But I really, I think the message from both of us is that we really want, we do really want the best for our doctors, whether they believe us or not. Um, But I think that it, it takes, in this day and age, in Mental Health Awareness Month, we all have to take a step back and and think about if we want to be right or if we want to be happy. Yeah. And really the way to happiness in business is to work with people that you trust. Yes. So do your due diligence, healthcare professionals out there listening and watching, get a team or a dream team. You know, Ethan, I will tell you that when I started my business, I thought I was going to hire a dream team. I was going to have little doctor whispers running around all over the place, helping me. But the truth is that I do what I do best because I'm really good at it. I'm really, really good at this job. It's very difficult to find other people. I'm not saying there's not great consultants out there because I'm sure there are. But we all have a, a different edge, you know. But what I really have in this dream team are people like you mm-hmm. and are people like, you know, SRA 831 and people like Reva Global that do virtual assistance for doctors, people that I've had on the show, attorneys that actually care about their physicians. So mm-hmm. you really have to like, I can't, can't express enough how, how much people have to develop time with relationships. You know, you know Sharon, one thing I, I learned in the past month that I've repeated at least 20 times since I've heard it, I sat down with a financial advisor and I was asking him about him starting his business and his practice. And he's, he said at one point he was knocking door to door. Mm-hmm. Hey, can I help you manage your finances? Hey, do you have someone managing your finances? And I said, well, how did you deal with all of that rejection? Yeah. And he said to me, he said, there's four reasons people don't buy from you. And for the sake of the story, the first three are kind of irrelevant. And he said, the fourth reason is they just don't care. Mm. And Sharon, that hit me like a ton of bricks because you could have never convinced me that a doctor who's getting screwed, like you said, wouldn't want to do everything they could to fix that. Right. But the reality is not everyone does. It's true. 
Some just don't care. And that's not a reflection on you, Sharon. Mm -hmm. It's not a reflection on me or the Mm -hmm. trust that we give or how much we care about our doctors. Some doctors, no matter how much less they're paid than their colleagues who are working right next to them, they will not care enough to take action. Yeah, because there is a, a real thing when it comes to complacency. There's a, a lot of comfort in, in not making any any moves. You know, and, that that's real, right? Like yeah. I've heard more doctors say, well, the devil, you know, is better than the Correct. devil you don't know. I'm like, shit, I want to meet that devil. Correct. But that, that <gasps> gave me some peace. Mm-hmm. because I would leave conversations where it didn't work out that they worked, they would work with me saying, what did I do wrong? What did I not say? Or what could I approach differently? But now yeah. that I know that there's just some people that they're just not going to care. Yeah, They might be making a lifetime of wealth less than their colleagues next to them, but they're not going to care enough to make a change. And that's not a reflection on me. Absolutely. You got that right. Well, Ethan, thank you so much for being here again. I can't wait to have you back. I can't wait to be back. When are I coming back? Next week? I hope so. (laughs) Our bodyguarding podcast. Stay tuned for more, everybody. Bodyguards! (laughs) Love it. Don't forget to mitigate risk. Visit 831B.com for more information.